Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Well, I uh, really crammed that fucking book all the way down my yum gullet. Yeah. Do you, when did yeah. you start it? At 5 at five p.m. And then I had to put the child to bed right at 7 p.m. You texted so me earlier. I, I was I on my jammed it in my yum hole. Daycare and you said, I need to jam this book down my yum hole. <laughs> <laughs> Might want to start a little later than usual. And I thought yeah. to myself, it's kind of a long book. Yeah. I, I hope he doesn't mean that he's just starting it now. Yeah. No, I was. Because <laughs> I'm I, a little worried that A, He'll be able to finish, and B, I hate to admit this, Jack, yeah. after all this time, on this, what is likely yeah. the last episode ever, <laughs> that you sort of do a lot of the heavy lifting. You want me to do the heavy lifting. You do often do the heavy lifting. Yeah, I often and do. you like take a lot of notes and you figure out yeah. a lot of stuff and themes in the books. And I just sort of read it and like... Yeah, and try to knock me off balance. Rasp on. <laughs> yeah. Ride ride this bull yeah. called Jack Shepard for as long as I I'm can. The, uh, I'm the, the boring old speedboat and you're the water skier. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And like, sure, everyone is everyone paying attention to the boring old speedboat? No, no one. Cares. No, no one cares. Everyone's about paying that. attention to the, the water guy skier doing, doing the all tricks the flips and, and tricks, loop to loops. Yeah, but what happens if the speedboat stops? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just an asshole just in like the water, treading water. That's not fun <laughs> yeah. to watch. Well, I was too busy cramming this fucking book into my book crevice mm-hmm. to properly take notes. So, I'm, I'm. This is where you carried me. Oh, um. <laughs> think about what you just said would yeah. the speedboat ever ask the water skier to <laughs> to pull him let, let me turn that around on you if you were sitting on the beach and you saw a water skier towing a speedboat around would you sit up and pay attention I'd probably yes leave. you would <laughs> it would be pretty like, interesting awfully slow <laughs> how's he balancing <laughs> how is he generating motion so we're both a little <laughs> underprepared for this, huh? And mm-hmm. it's so fitting because it's the last episode. It's the last episode. Let's not scare the whole audience away, I would say. Yeah. Well, we don't. I mean, I mean, sorry. hopefully folks, behind folks us are is, used to us saying this. <laughs> behind us is five years of rich, delightful yeah. media. And seemingly endless. Covering the Babysitter's Club books. Yeah. Ahead in of us this is no- moment. Yeah. That we're in now, Jack, is yeah. this book, Babysitter's Club. Um, does it have a? It's just called Babysitter's it's just Club. Called the summer before the summer before, and in front of us is a blinky. Uh, sorry, a blinky, an inky like black. 
Yeah. Miasma. Yes. That there might be something out there. Mm-hmm. There might not be. The yeah. only way to find out is to take a step forward. Yeah. And and see what comes at us. Yeah. But we don't have to worry about that until after this episode is done. And it could be like uh, what happens when you walk into a black hole. We could get like get sp- spaghettification. We might become infinitely long and infinitely thin. Hell yeah. Which I could stand to during the holidays. I've been eating a lot. You know what I'm saying? Hey, buddy, I'm already <laughs> infinitely long. If you catch okay. my meaning. That you're tall? Uh, I was talking about my ding dong, which... Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't often talk about my ding dong. No, I no. That's fine. I'll, I'll give you the space if there's more you want to say on the topic. Is there more I want to say about my ding dong? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I will. I mean, that <laughs> one feels like I'm avoiding talking thin. about it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just say it's unremarkable. <laughs> I would say normal. Okay. Normal Great. ding dong. And this has been Ding Dong Talk. Ding dong talk. And, your, and you and yours? It's unremarkable. You're British, so our Ding Dongs probably don't look the same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Club, I'm Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. And this is a podcast where two men talk about their unremarkable Ding Dongs. Just totally normal ding dong. <laughs> this week, we're going to be discussing a babysitter's club book called The Summer Before by The Hand That Shakes, the princess of the Prince of Town, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn Soul, Skinner, Mother of Clocks and Bane to Bat. She is the first of her name, the last of her kind, and the last hope for humankind. And this is the last book. Or is it the first? A little bit in of In the both. sitter cycle. It's a little bit of both. And she has this weird intro to the book, doesn't she? That, like, she doesn't close it out. It's just this, like, weird, like, couple paragraphs that's, like, Christy is writing in a a tone that makes makes her seem older than she ever has before, where it's, like, maybe she's, like, an old, like, Titanic lady. Oh, right. And she, like, yeah. just dropped her amulet in the ocean, and she's, like, the babysitter's club the summer before. Right. And then, like, she's, like, using big words and shit, and she seems, like, wise. Yeah. But that was then. That was before the event. I imagine know? it was a tough needle to thread for Anne. Yeah. Who wrote this book in 2011 when it came out, but needed to cast her mind back to right. 1986. Yeah. No, interesting. And did, did you catch that as well? That it's like this weird, like, it feels like this, it's like not Christy at the end of Friends Forever. Right. It's Christy at the end of her life. Right. Looking back. I didn't pick up on that, but it does make sense. And it's a powerful tale. You think tale. she would maybe like lament all the people she's lost? Like I'm sure Elizabeth and Watson are both dead. Right. Right? Stacy's Yeah, oh, dead. almost certainly. Yeah. I mean, it's Christie's I would imagine uh, just based on her writing, it doesn't it doesn't give a marker in time, but I would say Christie is like 97. Her wife is probably long dead. Oh, yeah, long past. But she, you know she married an older like, woman. She doesn't think about any of that. All she can think no. about is Claudia and the heady Stace days of the babies and Marianne club. and Frankie, of course, and Frankie. Well, it's probably because <laughs> like she, yeah, Frankie. Who who could forget Frankie? Yeah, it's probably because she was trapped in this moment. This is the beginning of the cycle for her. Right, she's, she's gone when back. she casts her mind back. Yeah, into the into her life. Yeah. She only sees two things. 
she sees the time before the Babysitter's Club right. and the Babysitter's Club. Right. And all of a sudden, she's looking down at her hands, and they're uh, okay. decrepit and wrinkled. And she's like, so, "Yeah, what is, what's going on? The Halloween hop is next week, and I'm just, <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. So this is the consequence. So Anne was able to keep them young and alive and keep their friendship together by forcing them to repeat the eighth grade over and over and over again. But eventually, once they got spun out of that time loop, they spun out as like old age pensioners. Or, yeah. Because that's what happened in Titanic, too. Because I, I don't have, it's Titanic. been a while since I watched it, but like she's on the boat and she's like a, she, she a, does a young babe. She makes whoopee with that man in the car. And then they, then they get on the, um, the door, but there's not room for him. And you've explained to me before that it's just, that it, there really wasn't wouldn't have been room for him because it probably because of buoyancy, and then she's an old lady. Almost immediately. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. And I'm trying to think if that's relevant to the Babysitters Club at all. Sorry, my wife keeps texting me because she wants to watch the Brooklyn Nets game. Tell her to, that you're recording your fucking hit podcast. Well, she said you're recording already, right? And I said yes, but I think I can help you because oh, she needs you were, your help. You were vamping. Uh, no, I, let me <laughs> let me be clear. The only reason that what I was doing seemed like vamping is because you would stop paying attention to me. What I was actually doing, as is the case now, because I could see that you're fucking typing an email to your wife. What I was actually doing is talking to you. <laughs> I was engaging in a conversation, a two-way um, interlocution. That requires uh, an interlocutor, famously. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> and yet, <laughs> I was not... Do you think... Let me ask you this. Do you always think when I'm talking to you that I'm vamping? <laughs> gosh. All right, I'm back. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing of import. Everyone who's ever talking to me is vamping. <laughs> until they become interesting. Or until they, until like, they become more interesting name. than your fucking phone or whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should describe the book. I, you know, I, I, I uh, jammed this novel so far down my yum yum crease. Yeah. Uh, and and it got stuck all the way back in there. Yeah. Uh, that I didn't have time to like write up. Tendrils a... came out. Your yeah. yum yum crease looks like a sarlacc pit. Yeah, it does exactly. Yeah. And it, it's all the way. It's down in there further than uh, than um... boba. I was gonna say boba, but he came back, didn't he? He did. Although, do we? Yeah, we probably shouldn't talk about it. Right. So. Who else? Let's just say who else went into the into the Sarlacc pit because I think it's important. <laughs> hmm. Let me look it up. <laughs> no, don't look it up. Tanner Google. Who fell into the the Sarlacc pit? Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. Susejo. Who? Someone called Susejo. Okay. Hoping this page has some notable Sarlacc victims. <laughs> notable Sarlacc victims? I, I'm out of the... Well, I'm not out of the content game, but 
I tell you, man, I would click on an article that was called Notable Sarlacc Victims. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think there's a, that many notable Sarlacc Maybe I got to write one. Hang up my spurs for one last ride. Gosh, get him! Yeah, get him down. Susejo. Okay, yeah. So I cram, I cram this. Was the um, sarlacc of the Great Pit of Carcoon? Wait, no. This that's is the name a, of the Susejo is a sarlacc. Okay, well, this is that bad now, and now we're now we're done with this. Oh, and it just <gasps> wait, Jack. No, what? <laughs> I think the sarlacc pit is a little like the sandworms in Dune. Listen to this. Okay. And this is interesting, and this is going to be interesting for our, our listeners. And it's relevant. Try to bring it back to the The very the young Susejo okay. <laughs> fell into the Sarlacc pit around 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. After oh, being takes swallowed a long time by to the Sarlacc, he passed time by trading stories with an unlucky Jedi who shared his fate. Around yeah. 4 ABY, that's after the Battle of Yavin, his personality okay. had merged with that of the Sarlacc, which had digested him alive for thousands of years while it absorbed oh. his consciousness. Okay. Isn't that interesting? It is quite interesting. Thus, Susejo's personality embodied the creature, rendering it indistinguishable from the ancient sentient. Susejo introduced himself to Boba Fett when the bounty hunters suffered the same fate. Oh. Wow. Okay. Throughout Fett's stay, Susejo the Sarlacc and Fett had several lengthy conversations. You know what? (laughs) I love Star Wars. I love it. (laughs) I love all of the... The sh- uh, the extended universe shit. Yeah. But yeah. Boba that Fett's seems... falling into the Sarlacc pit. And, and then, then just like, like having a fucking. Having a chat with Susejo the Sarlacc. Yeah. Is, I'm, I'm not no. here for it. No, I'm not. I was here for it until that. Yeah. I was here for like the merge consciousness and shit. <laughs> but I'm not here for that. And I'm sorry that we subjected our listeners to it probably. Unless I cut it all out. Right. Very interesting, though. Uh, very interesting. You know what I think is we should um, we Take should d- describe already? this novel. Okay. No, I was thinking we should say what happens. I we've been talking a little bit about the hero cycle, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce a, a story within a story. Old uh, Joe from this novel that has a big perfect... Joe. Yes, Joseph Campbell. Yes, thank you. What I'd like to do is tell you a story from the book, and then you can tell me the wider story of the book. But I think this little story is just like per- – it's like a fucking – it's a tiny short story that Anne puts in in the beginning Okay. that's like a paragraph. But it's like it's got a beginning. It's got a middle. It's got an end. It's got the fucking call rejected. Mm. You know, the fucking dark woods. I don't know the whole fucking the, the Joseph Sentinel. Campbell shit. But every story is the same, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? And they're all the same. Every can story I read is it? the exact same, and Shakespeare wrote every single one of them, and then Joe yeah. Campbell was like, yep, here's what, yeah. here, J- Shakespeare wrote them all. Okay, that's, I guess. And that's and, literary history right there. Yeah. And then well, before, and here's and one, and it's Jake's, within a story. Nothing. Yeah. A void. So I'm going to describe this story by reading it, and then you what describe it. What are you doing? Are you whipping in There's a fly in my house. There's like a fly in my house. It's not it interesting. It seems like you're doing like a sage rubbing. There's a fly in my house. Okay. And what's that sound? Sarah's using the blender. <laughs> she waited until you shouted to like cover it. She's like, she's been sitting there ever since you started. She's like, the second he shouts, I'm gonna hit it. <laughs> she's making soup. That's nice. Listen, you I'm gonna read you a story. Soup. It's way less labor intensive. Listen, why? Why do you want to talk about that other than the thing that I'm saying that's interesting? I'll text I'm gonna her. read you a story and then you describe this book. How about that? Okay. 
Ready? While we ate our snack, David Michael told me a long story about a boy in his class who, at snack time that day, had first said he felt like he was going to barf, then had said he felt okay, then had gagged, although nothing further had happened for five minutes, and finally had barfed in a rather spectacular manner all across the snack table. But none of it got on me, concluded my brother with some pride, or on my snack. Snacks, right. It's just like a perfect, there's so, there's so much in there. Yeah. It's so powerful. It's quite a story. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's the call rejected where he's like, thinks he's going to barf, and then he doesn't. <laughs> there's the sentinel. <laughs> yeah. The guardian. And then he has like the dark night of the soul, you know, yeah. where he like fucking. He goes into the cave, right? The dark cave. Yeah. Yaks it all over the fucking yeah. table. <laughs> And then he's redeemed. And then they return to home. He returns home, but he's wiser, and like none of it gets on David Michael's snack. Right. It's so fucking good. That is sort of the story of barfing. You know, you always come back <laughs> home again. You're like, I feel a lot better. Yeah, I'm ready to drink more. Yeah, is what you always think. <laughs> That's what you always think. Um, I want you to say everything that happened in this book. Uh, I don't care how you do it. I don't care how long it takes you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want you to describe this book. It was pretty good. I was too busy just fucking stuffing it piece by piece into my yum yum creases I've described uh, to really decide whether or not I was enjoying it in the sub two hours that I read all 200 plus pages of this fucker. Um, But I think it was good. Interior. Unassuming house in Stony Brook, Connecticut. (laughs) The year, 1985. A young woman, 11 years old, sits at her desk. She's also 96. And she's, yeah, and she looks like Rose from the Titanic. She's both. Chrissy from the Babysitter's Club TV Netflix show all at once. And she writes, we see her. Mm-hmm. finishing her journal and it says there and back again the story of christy thomas yes. yeah and she closes the book and she goes and lies down in bed yeah she closes her eyes and we fade to black wow and the scene fades in again yeah and we see the same young woman who's 96 yeah Who's now 11. Right. Again, still. Yeah. But she's also just 11. And always. Yeah. And she's sitting in her desk writing a... A letter to her daddy. A letter to Pat. Yeah. Pat Daddy. Old Pat Daddy. And it says, my birthday's coming up. Please come. Be here. To Stony Brook, Connecticut and join me. She doesn't actually say that. She just says, like, hey, my birthday's coming up. Hope you're doing Yeah. She sends a letter. She gets a bounce back. Pat, (laughs) Daddy Pat isn't at his, the address she has on file. Right. So she calls her friend Marianne. Her loyal friend. Yeah. And expresses her disappointment. Yeah. Cut And what does Marianne do? Marianne Spear. Age 11. Yeah. Oh, you're doing really doing this whole book. I like it. Chapter by chapter. Yeah. 
she is sitting in her house and she needs to hurry off the phone because she has a very strict father. Too strict. Doesn't let her do anything. Yeah. Dresses her every day. Yeah. Puts pigtails in her hair. Yeah. Doesn't let her babysit. Right. This young woman's name is Marianne Spear. Yeah. She's got some nude dolls. She does, doesn't she? Yeah. Some nude old dolls, and maybe this would be a time to take a pause and think about that. Okay. There's a and lot of plot to cover. The pace yeah, okay, I'm going well, at. It, I just want to say, and I hate to say this, and I hate to bring this up, but it was all dolls the whole time, wasn't it? And it was all, all dolls. dolls. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it's dolls. And Marianne goes into the attic and gets some creepy old fucking nude dolls that belong to Alma. Didn't she? Yeah. I seem to remember, and I think this yeah. is Anne toying with us, and like, yeah, it makes me wonder. Like, has Anne always been kind of pulling the strings in this reality and in our own? Yeah. Um, but I seem to remember a whole book about Marianne discovering the. Yeah, I thought this too in the attic. Yeah, yeah, and it, she mother. discovered it, and in this, she's like. She's I've always like, had them. Well, okay, so I've got a few things that bring in us fact, together. In fact, in this one, she's like, I'm get, I'm growing sick of these keepsakes. Yeah. Let me t- tell you two things that bring this together, okay? Here's one. I just want to read this. The box held clues to my mother, and I was eager to learn as much as I could. But I felt I had to do so without Dad knowing about it. In fact, I had mentioned the box only to Christy and had shown it to no one. My favorite things in the box were my mother's dolls. There were four of them, and they were medium size. Four of them, just like the babysitters, huh? Interesting. Yeah, interesting. It's- interesting. It's- Seven deadly Bigger than Barbie, smaller than American girls. They weren't fancy, they weren't antiques, and they weren't valuable except to me. To me, they were four keys to Alma Baker Spear. The soul baker, and I guess maybe she's baking souls for the dolls. Let's put a pin in that. Yeah. As you have mentioned, we know when that box is discovered, and it's like two years from now. Right. Not now. Not when they're 11. It's later. Here's a theory I have about why this fucking maybe makes sense. Did you notice the shooting star motif? Yeah, there's it's it's a lot. In fact, I want to introduce a segment. Okay. If I can. Sure. It's called... Is this true? Okay. Uh, aren't you afraid to be in charge? No, I love being in charge. Now I was wondering if calling Marianne was a good idea after all. Let me talk to my father, she said. I'll call you tomorrow. This is when Christy is inviting Marianne onto a babysitting job mm-hmm. at the Pikes. I hung up the phone, wandered to the kitchen, and looked out the window. And that was when I saw the first shooting star of the summer. I should have felt elated. Instead, I sense trouble. Is yeah. is that a is that a thing? To the first shooting star of the summer. We are we're all <laughs> supposed to look out for the first shooting star of the summer. 
Here's so this is why this stood out to me. I think that shooting stars are not that common, and there's not yeah. like a first one of the summer. And, and I don't think of the, them as like a summertime thing. But like throughout this entire book, like they're, they're constantly like anytime there's a pause, they're like they like I marked them all. By the way, there's a shooting star when Marianne first agrees to do have her first babysitting job. Mm-hmm. There's a shooting star weirdly when Charlie agrees to take on a babysitting mm-hmm. job. There are no, notably, no shooting stars when Claudia betrays Janine by stealing her uh, crush. Right. We'll get to that. There is a shooting star for Christie's birthday party. There is a shooting star after Janine and Claudia make up. There is notably, although they look for them, no shooting star the day before school starts. Okay. And then finally, there is a shooting star after Christie has the idea for the Babysitter's Club. Tanner, my theory... Because this is too many shooting stars. Right, too many. And they're showing up in too many notable places. A shooting star is anytime Anne changes something in the Matrix. Interesting. It's like, it's a... Anne's going back in time. It's a... Uh, and changing shit in, in the, the fucking Matrix? Matrix. In the Matrix, it's deja vu. Right, In the movie, vu. The Matrix. Right, right, right. Yeah. For Anne, that's that's the signal it's that she's like, it's her shifted something. So this, so these are all things that she's fucking. I bet there was a shooting star when Marianne discovered uh, Alma Baker, the Soul Baker's stuff in the attic, two right. years before she she actually did. Right. Right. Or when like Christy came up with the idea for the Babysitters Club. Right. Like one book before she was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, a whole book. <laughs> yeah. Or where Stacy's diabetes was almost discovered by Emily Bernstein. Well, I know, but no, Two books no, before it was no. Y- here's it. Think about it this way, Tanner. Christy, in this book, much like you and I remember, Christy comes up with the idea for the Babysitters Club right on cue. Right? She goes to the, we get it in the book. She goes to Mr. Redmond's class. Mr. Redmond, she's rude to Mr. Redmond. He makes her write an essay on decorum. While she's thinking about it, she comes up with the idea for the Babysitters Club. That's what you and I remember. Right. Just like we would. If someone had changed the matrix to to have that uh, right, always be right, the right. case for us. Right. Right? Yeah. So that's we just all we know is that that's changed. Right. Gosh, that's that'll bake your noodle. And it has baked my noodle, hasn't it? That'll bake your fucking noodle. Actually, yeah. I have a I guess it's a segment here. Okay, great. I'd love I've to hear. I captured a note that says, "Jesus, this baked my noodle." Okay, great. And it's a, a kind of a noodle, the- like a spaghetti type of segment? Okay. Anyway, I had a different, very different idea for my party this year. This is Claudia. Mm-hmm. I was dreaming of a boy-girl pool party. Oh, we didn't yeah. have a pool, but our next-door neighbors, the Goldmans, did. Yeah. Why is it you say Goldmans and not Goldmen? <laughs> oh, well. Wow. Why is it you say gold mans instead of gold men? Wow, that's good. And that baked your noodle. And also what baked my noodle about that was um who the fuck are the fucking gold yeah, Who are the goldmans? And like who are half the people in this book? And who's Frankie? And how come we never heard of him before? They're just inventing but, whoever wrote this book, Anne or whomever. Yeah. Some uncredited ghostwriter who's just making people up. Yeah. There's Frankie, there's all these, like, kids that, like, Claudia's, like, cool with. Like, yeah. Dory Wallingford. A name, like, I guess I've heard. Yeah, no, I've heard of Dory Wallingford. She's, like, she has it, uh, she's, like, into Logan. I found a later. pad of paper and headed it, Geust list. Then yeah, I wrote Geust. boys on one side of the paper and girls and on the other. 
Under yeah. boys, I wrote Pete, Pete Black, Rick, yeah. Rick Chow, yeah, Howie, Howie, Kurt, Kurt, Darnell. <laughs> what the fuck? Who the fuck are under these grills? People? I wore. I wrote Dory, Dory Wallingford. Yeah. We know who she Emily, is. Emily Bernstein. Hell yes, Polly, Polly, Christy, and Marianne. Wow, you can't just uh, and it's a little and late in the canon. It's a little late. Yeah. To be making up Howie, Kurt, Darnell, and Pauly. I'm pretty <laughs> dubious about Dory. Apparently Jack knows her, but... No, Dory Wallingford is is real. I think Logan maybe even dates her a little bit. Ooh. Yeah. But, yeah. So, there's a lot in this book. There's a lot. Um, and there's dolls, right? And dolls did it. The dolls did it. And, and it's and what are the dolls doing? They're like they're driving Marianne and Christy and Claudia apart because Marianne and Christy show up with the dolls. They're like, maybe Claudia can make clothes for these naked dolls. They need to be clothed like Adam and Eve, like Adam and Eve. Right. They hey, need to cover Claudia. God, it's so fucking genitals. resonant. Yeah. Hey, Claudia, can you get some like sew some fig leaves together to uh, discover the disgusting genitals? Because they're very anatomically correct. The, the, the dolls. dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Their dongs are infinitely They're long and infinitely anatomically thin. correct and unkempt. Yeah, and and so they bring them over, and Claudia is like, "Fuck you." Um, but what about that? Adam and Eve—that's resonant, right? That's this fucking prelapsarian fucking shit, right? Like uh, as close to Garden of Eden before it all goes to hell as you can get, right? Right. This is when Anne is like, "How can I keep them in here?" Yeah. And then Marianne's like, "These dolls are naked. We have to clothe them." And then Claudia, call rejected, says, no, I won't do it. And the, and their friendship starts to fall apart, right? And Anne is like, Anne intervenes. And she's like, now I must go back in this fucking crazy time loop because this is after, even though it's before. Right. And trap you in a loop forever. Right. So that you'll be friends. Right. Wild. Wild. I have a theory about the shooting stars while we're talking okay. about all this. Great. Is it as good as Star mine? Trek 1? Yeah, yeah, it's film. tough. It's it's tough to get through, but it's really interesting. It's got V'ger. V'ger. And yeah. so the a uh, uh, sentient being yeah, comes from space to Earth. Mm-hmm. And its intentions are unclear and it's kind of this being of pure energy. Yeah. And the the cast and crew is not yeah. the word I'm thinking of, but the crew, I think the is what crew. Yeah. <laughs> of the Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, approach it and enter it. And they discover right. that at its core, it's the Voyager space probe. Right. That has Spoilers for Star Trek 1, but for God's sake, it came out like 30 years ago. So, so far into space, it was yeah. way more than 30 years ago. You realize 30 years ago was 1990, right? Oh, yeah. Like I watched it 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus. It's the Voyager space old. probe that went so far into space that it became a god and then came back home. Yeah. And it was different, you know? Yeah. I think that these girls, having been Mm -hmm. trapped in amber, became timeless. Okay. And much like the Great Sandworm. Right. From Dune. And the Sarlacc. And much like the Sarlacc. Yeah. They, their their consciousness is like shed their mortal bodies. Right. And they became eternal celestial beings. Right. So it's us that are watching the shooting stars. We're watching the shooting stars. We're watching the shooting and stars, that. and the su- shooting stars are them. Okay, yep. It's their ever-eternal beings yeah. living the same loop over and over again, watching from a evolved... That's why they keep seeing them. Elevated... You, yeah. 
place in this universe. So you you wouldn't see. There's no way you'd see it tons. Of, if you saw tons of shooting stars throughout a summer, you'd be like, "There's an alien attack," or the same four celestial beings right. are repeating a time loop through the galaxy, and I keep seeing it, and, and that's the become signal. something bigger than they ever were. Yeah, and they can't even know it. Right, because they're seeing it. They're they're living in dimensions that we haven't even like right. fathomed yet. Right, you know that's why. That's and how we the see old them. lady from Titanic, and we see the, them as shooting the stars. Titanic. But they're like these yeah. multi-dimensional, enormous beings. You know, that's really beautiful. I did, and they're large. Well, it, 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 is large even the right word? You know. Yeah, yeah. No, no I not guess really. Not. Like, th- like thinking of like that's like thinking three dimensionally, isn't right. it? Right, right, right. To be like they're large. I mean, they are large. I guess. I don't know. Maybe they're infinitesimally small, you know? That's really beautiful. It's really fucking fucks your noodle, huh? Further than stars and nearer than the eye. That's what T.S. Eliot says. Right, and he was anti-Semitic, so... Fuck you. I mean, yes. (laughs) But, like... Fuck you. You don't like it that that's sort of my go-to... That's not the main thing. I mean... I yeah. don't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> sucks. It kind of becomes sucks. the main thing. I don't want to talk about that yeah. specific yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking No, and I wouldn't either. Dark that aspect was my of favorite fucking blot on TSA. That was my favorite writer and my favorite football team was <laughs> also pretty racist. It's beautiful. Nearer than a lot of my choices. Further than stars and nearer than the eye. Think how beautiful that is. Just let it penetrate your fucking brain for a second. Right. And that's these girls. Yes. They're all around us. Yes. We're I'm swimming in Claudia right now. Yeah. Just we all here. are. Star stuff. We're all star stuff. We're made out of it. Yeah. We're made out of them. And the Carl Sagan, as far as I yeah. know. Yeah. Not racist. <laughs> Who could say? I think it's time to take a break. Yeah. Okay. Bye. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to... um Make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, Like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, and in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. 
If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tanner, the one thing we have not talked about yet that we must is Frankie. But before we do, I think once we talk about Frankie, we'll have covered most of the plot. Anne likes to write kind of plotless books that are good, but are kind of plotless. She doesn't need plot. Uh, she doesn't need plot. Yeah, where she's going... She doesn't need plot. It's avant-garde, Jack. Yeah, it's, it's like, avant-garde. It's like the book was written it's by Andy Warhol. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just it's just Anne yeah. sitting in front of a camera eating a hamburger <laughs> for an hour. Yeah. And you're and, like, but it's like this is riveting. Hard. Yeah. Um, but before we talk about Frankie, I do want to – this is a, a delicate topic to introduce given your tastes and proclivities. But – I would like to. Oh, I've got some pretty provocative tastes and proclivities. <laughs> yeah, you certainly do. But you're not going to like this, I think. But I just, I have to, I have to remark on a stone cold baller ass fucking move that Stacy makes in this novel Ugh, okay. <laughs> that fucking rules and is awesome and like 100% redeemed Stacy anything she's ever done in my eyes. Okay. <laughs> May I? Yeah. You seem reluctant. I just I'm, I I it's a slippery slope. Okay. No, I get you it. You know. I get one it. one day you're saying that Stacy is cool and you like the thing she said and the next day we're all marrying dogs so okay and that is is that is that where all slippery slopes end <laughs> with everybody marrying dogs yeah okay i had misunderstood that's the, that's the, the big concept ditch. of slippery slope that's the big ditch but, of humanity so a slippery slope is like a sarlacc pit, and at the bottom of it <laughs> is Boba Fett having tea with, with the sarlacc pit. The sarlacc pit. We're all marrying dogs. Everyone's marrying dogs. <laughs> I didn't. I I thought I had understood it as a rhetorical trope, but now I really no. deeply understand yeah, yeah. it in a way that I didn't before. Okay, there's so real I'm try to be, rules to yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try to be careful to cut this off this stacy praise off before we get into dog marrying territory right. yeah yeah okay and just like warn me if i get too right. close to it 
I'll start to but, tell. I'll tell you if I start to feel any like sort of romantic feelings for. <laughs> okay, good. Um, th- so a, a B plot or a part. Oh, I, there's no plot. This book has no plot. It's a tone poem by Anne. It's a tone poem, and also just to just to yeah. quickly interject before you get into your point. Yeah, it of is. Yeah, good, clean, baby, baby, sitting, sitting, fun, fun. Yes, isn't it, good. Jack? Yes, and there's so much of it, and it's great. It's all babysitting. It's all babysitting. In Woo! fact, that's like one of the the central sort of like tent. Poles. Even Stacy in New York before she's met these girls is like just fucking babysitting folks in her apartment complex and she's babysitting anybody who walks by. Plot devices that she's Scared finally been invited into the world yeah. of babysitting, and it's Richard needs to like grapple with whether or not he's ready for yeah richard is like you can only do it if you bring someone else and then like miss newton calls and is like hey i hear you're babysitting now can you like look after jamie during his nap for two hours while i go to the dentist and marianne's like i have to bring a friend and miss newton's like i'm not paying both of you (laughs) (laughs) i love that that's the only consideration yeah (laughs) she's like i'm not paying two of you four (laughs) dollars um yes good clean babysitting fun Stacy, the Stacy B plot is like all about her and Lane falling out. And I think that's another thing where yeah, Anne has kind yeah. of changed the matrix. That's funny because I remember reading about that previously for yeah, the well, first we, time. But it's also like when Lane visits and Stacy's ex best friend, they're still friends. They're not friends by the end of the novel. Right, but right, right. In, but by, this, by the end of this telling, novel, Lane is just like a fucking awful Stane, person to Stacy. Stane and Lacey. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's how I like to think about them. Yeah, Stain and Lacey. That's good. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, they, they hate, hate each other. It. Yeah, they hate fucking hate each other. Well, like they say some like friendship ending shit to each other. Yeah, but here's kind of a, how that ends. They have this like big surprise going away party for Stacy, and Stacy calls Lane her royal meanness. Her royal meanness had evil superpowers. Mom and Mrs. Cummings, arm in arm and Just smiling Just want to quickly broadly. register that her royal meanness is pretty lackluster. Yeah, no, it's not great. That's why I didn't spend much time with it. I just, I, I know you're about to do a lot of like Stacy okay, honoring gotcha. and Stacy yeah. defending, and I just want yeah. to quickly register. Yeah, still not. She still sucks. And do you want? Would you like to also register just to be safe that dogs make great pets, but nothing more? Uh, and that is my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want everyone to live the lives they want to live, but... Okay, well, this feels like a slippery slope, yeah. the way you're talking about no, it. No, 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 I'm, no. I'm pretty staunchly... <laughs> okay. ...anti-dog marriage. Okay. Her royal meanness had evil superpowers. Mom and Mrs. Cummings, arm in arm and smiling broadly, now approached Lane and me. Lane immediately underwent a transformation. So what Lane has just done is like deliberately fucking like, oh no, this isn't she did later she pours a fucking soda down Stacy's white blouse. It's right. so oh, fucked up. But she's just said some like in this case she what? You think she's a shapeshifter? You think she's a warg? Do I think Lane is a warg? Read no, read what well, you just said again. Lane immediately underwent a transformation. Yep. Now I do. And yes. And okay. that and yeah. what happens, Jack, when you're a Normal human woman, and you shapeshift into a dog. For instance, and it, someone might what want to marry. What would seem normal? It. Yeah. All of a sudden, what would seem yeah. normal? What would seem normal when you got old enough, and if you fell in love with a person, right? That you would okay. <laughs> I, I'm seeing it and now. 
Yeah. It's all starting to, to fall into place. <laughs> it huh? does feel like a slippery slope. And also, like, thinking about Lane as a warg in this context actually makes what Stacy does even more stone-cold, baller-ass, fucking badass. Okay. So, Lane immediately underwent a transformation. Stacy, Mrs. Cummings said, we're going to miss you. So much, added Lane. We're going to miss you so much. Mom and Mrs. Cummings looked at Lane and me fondly. Nope, it won't be the same around here, Lane went on. The moms drifted off, and Lane glared at me. A thought occurred to me then. Lane, I said, are you afraid of me? (laughs) (laughs) That's a cool-ass thing to say. It's so cool to say to someone. Next time my boss yells at me, I'm just going to like look him dead in the eyes and be like, hey, are you afraid afraid of me? (laughs) It's fucking awesome. God, that's so cool. <laughs> I just cool really like that. Fuck and Lane's like taken aback, like what? Yeah. <laughs> and then like Lane's like, no, no, I'm not. And then Stacy's like, at the end of the passage, Stacy's like, yeah, she was afraid of me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking badass. <laughs> it really made me. She see was Stacey afraid she was gonna pee on her. Because like, that's yeah. what Stacy does. She does a pee. She does a big pee. Right, and they, they and bring that up. it's a symptom of her it's, diabetes, it's and before. it's not, yeah. f- like, fun Stacey wets the bed at a slumber party and... Make fun of, yeah. but, like... And Lane is shitty Stacey about it. Stacey does a big pee on Lane yeah. in her bed when she's sleeping over, and her, her diabetes is still not under control. Right. And that's and what it, she's it, afraid of. Right. No, she's afraid of Stacey, man. She's afraid of the, who's st- the strong woman that Stacey's becoming. Right. Well, just to, to kind of flip the script a little bit, you're talking about the strong, powerful pea goddess that Stacy mm-hmm. is. Um, I want to introduce the segment. Okay. Kind of tearing someone down. Okay, that seems fine. That's fine. You, you can't bit. have one without the other. Yeah. And it's called... Yeah. Claudia Kishi. He's looking graceful as he gets ready to launch into a triple backflip. Here he goes. Oh! Cool idiot. (laughs) He can't even salvage a big splash. (laughs) So they have a a boy-girl pool party, which I guess is a type of party. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I've never had a boy-girl pool party, but... There's no, a lot of kind of parties honestly, I've never had. This book made me urgently want to have a boy-girl pool party. Mm. I would love to have a boy. It sounds fucking great. A boy-girl pool party sounds fun as hell. Yeah. I pulled my filmy tops and summery pants oh, yeah. <laughs> out of my closet and tried them on over the bikini. I even experimented with making a beauty mark on my cheek with a glop <laughs> of mascara. But I didn't know what would happen to the glop when I went into the pool. I didn't want to <laughs> risk the embarrassment of watching the beauty mark float off of my cheek or onto a raft or down a drain. <laughs> and my question for Claudia is, do you know what a pool is? I have a number of questions for Claudia. Because Do you know what a pool, pool is? A pool is not a place where a raft is or a drain. No. <laughs> It's also not a place where, like, this passage is her, like, putting together her pool outfit. But there's already a pool outfit. It's called a bathing suit. Yeah, your bathing suit. Your bathing suit is your pool outfit. You don't, like, there's nothing else. Right. 
for the bathing suit. Like even in Baywatch, they like which is a show about people putting on bathing suits at, at fashionable and attractive people putting on bathing suits. They just put on their bathing suits. They they don't have like whistles and bells. I think there's I mean, they a do have case whistles. To they do have whistles. And I'm sorry that if yeah. you're someone who's insecure, if you're a young kind of teenage person, yeah, who's insecure with your body, yeah. You maybe wear a shirt in the pool. But no, she that's not what's happening here. It's not no. like you're thinking, oh, which shirt is going to be the best shirt I'm wearing into the pool? <laughs> and it's also not a concern of Claudia's, you know? No, she, no. She's like trying to put together a pool outfit and it's like mascara and a beauty. She's painting a beauty. Is that a thing you do? You paint your beauty. Paint a beauty mark, I guess. I don't know. I was going to say it's why I don't have one, but I think I do have when, one. Actually. You do have one. You've always had one. Yeah. When Beautiful. I Thank you for was... knowing that. Thank you for knowing that. Thank you for knowing that. Uh, it's right here on your cheek. Yeah, and you look at it, don't you? And you like to look at my face, <laughs> don't you? And say it. I would and call it a it. beauty mark. I would call it an ugly mark. You did call it a beauty mark. I don't try to walk it back. When I was... already noted. I'm going to say 15, maybe mm-hmm. 14. Okay. Um, my eyebrows are, are kind of bushy. Mm-hmm. And they grow past where an eyebrow would grow. Mm-hmm. I don't quite have a unibrow, but I got this no. little. I got this little tuft. Yeah, you got a tuft. Yep, that kind of goes the goes the yep. wrong direction mm-hmm. where a unibrow would go. It's very handsome. Made me pretty insecure when I was fourteen. Okay. And what I did was I took uh, my mother's razor because I was not shaving yet. Okay. And just did a quick little like cleanup. Mm-hmm. And went too far. Bit oh, in, no. Bit into the eyebrow quite a bit. <laughs> so I took my mother's mascara or something and tried to, like, fill in the gap <laughs> where the eyebrow had been. Yeah. You know? Just so no one would notice. Yeah. But it was pretty noticeable, I think. And also, <laughs> I was not, like, a master of ma- makeup, mascara. Yeah. So like it didn't it smudged and didn't last very long and like I was just <laughs> like I didn't I didn't know what to do. I was a mess. That's you know? good. I think I just had to kinda I eventually just gave up and let it grow back. Did you know there was a time a period in my life where I wore guyliner? That does not surprise me in in at all. I, what I specifically wore was very tight pants and I'm gonna I guess two thousand two thousand. 2003. Ooh, that's a little late for... 2002 is when this was. Okay. And so I would wear very tight pants. Green Day. And not for me. Billy Joel was doing it. I I wouldn't have fucking known because I was way cooler than that. Yeah. And... Uh, I had like a Adidas track jacket that was like two sizes too Brandon small. Brandon Flowers me. was doing it, and I would unzip it, and I had no shirt on, but I did have a chain around my neck, and then I fucking cool. like full guy liner. Yeah, cool. And it was like honestly cat, like cat eyes, like Cleopatra. It rolled. It fucking rolled. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. I never uh, had that phase, man. Yeah, I I wish I could still do it. Yeah, it was cool. It's like I, it, like on like the Jinkos. I look back on as being like it was fine at the time, but looking back, I definitely looked objectively fucking stupid. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that was cool. Um, we should probably do some burns, don't you think? Should we? We got to talk about Frankie. You? Oh, right. You're we got to talk the about wheel because, as you know, I accidentally reset my, my clock at the break. Yeah. So I'm flying blind here. Yeah, we got about ten to fifteen minutes till what? 
till we must stop. Jesus, podcasting. are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <sighs> what do you want? You okay? I supplied. Frankie yeah. grinned at me. Okay. Hey, happy birthday. <laughs> that was it. That was all he said as the gate was closing behind him. So, I can't explain what happened next. Maybe it was his grin, who knows. But suddenly, happy birthday took on a meaning of galactic proportions, and that's... Star stuff. Star stuff. Yep, further than stars and nearer than the eye. It was as if Frankie had said instead, you are a young woman of stunning beauty. Thank you for inviting me into your life. And also, why is it that we haven't met before? I know we're destined to be together. But all I said in reply was, Thanks. Thanks. And it's my... Well... Something the user saying nowadays is yeah. hashtag swoon, which is a lot of people are horny for boys, and yeah. it's my hashtag swoon. And it's my hashtag swoon as well. And he's uh, and she, she later describes him as a Greek god. Yeah. Um, and um, he's... I think he's a vampire... You think he's a vampire? Yeah. Okay. Explain. Well, he like speaks in her head, right? He does do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he just says, happy birthday, and she hears all this extra shit. Later she says, I was following Frankie to a lawn chair. Truthfully, I would have followed him into a nest okay. of snakes. And that's a, th- that's a thrall if I've ever heard one. And that's a thrall. And then later, so so – Janine is upset because she's in Frankie's thrall as well. And that's like a big tension between Claudia and Janine. And then later, um, after they spend the whole summer together and Frankie's friends show up, look at this. His his coven. His fucking coven shows up. Who's this? Asked one. So he takes Claudia to a swimming pool with all his friends. Who's this? Asked one. Is she your sister? Asked another. Nope. This is Claudia Kishi, said Frankie. And he might as well have been giving a tour of his house and suddenly got to the boring part, a closet. Claudia's closet. Claudia's closet. Yeah. That was the amount of Thank enthusiasm. Thank you for the nod, Anne. Yeah, thanks for the nod. We appreciate it. We'll take what we can get. That was the amount of enthusiasm he was able to muster when he said my name. Claudia, these are my friends. Anna, she was the girl with the flowing brown hair. Lindy, she was the girl who wanted to know what Frankie had been doing all summer. Tracy, she was the one who was excited about starting school. Alexa, Morgan, and Val, blah, blah, blah. It does sound like Mambo number five, and I just want to note that. Mm-hmm. But he's got this, like, coven of, gr- like, Are you saying everyone- Lou Vega's a vampire Vampire. <laughs> I wasn't, but I now, I'm, I now do think that. Right. He's got a coven as well. He's got a coven. Right. It's like a very Bram Stokerian vampire. Right. Just like like these women just like are completely in his thrall. Right. And Claudia sucked into it. God. I didn't even pick up on that. But now the, the all the pieces are falling into place once again. Right. And it's vampires. It's vampires. And that's yeah. a whole new faction. That's a whole new faction. Well, and Anne changed the Matrix, didn't she? And she's now it's vampires. Was it? Was there ever? And what do vampires do, Tanner? They keep you eternally young. Or they eat. And a vampire. I think it can go one of two ways. And also, if you ever feed on a vampire, and this is Daybreaker rules. Okay, Daybreaker rules. If you ever feed on a vampire, you remember Daybreaker? Yeah, vaguely. The Christian Slater vampire film, I'm going to say 2014. I remember it. Uh, If you ever feed on another vampire, you turn into like a monster like a bat monster okay right that's daybreaker yeah. rules that's so. daybreaker rules i don't know what the the vampire rules are that Anne's doing 
I assume it follows vaguely follows Daybreaker's rules. You would think. Okay, yeah. you think that's like the main, the main, like more so than nowadays. Stoker. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Daybreaker rules. Okay, right. I'll allow it. Okay, great. But he's very handsome, and so, so Claudia follows him around. And how come we've never heard about Frankie before? Because Frankie's a big, big boyfriend. Can I talk? Well, and speaking of big boyfriends, yeah. And this is this is Anne mm-hmm. changing the matrix. This is deja vu. Yeah. They didn't have to say they thought I was too young to be spending time with a boy who was clearly more than just a friend. But I knew that's what they were thinking, is what Claudia says of her parents. It's Claudia is the first Babysitter's Club member. Right. With a boyfriend. Right. What, there's, what Claudia is saying is that she has a boyfriend. And I seem to remember many, many, many times. Marianne is the first Babysitter's Club member with a Marianne boyfriend. Marianne is the first Babysitter's wow. Club member with a boyfriend. Wow. And now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like think back. Is that an actual memory I formed? Is that something, or is it just something just I sort say. of made up? Or like, no, Marianne's the first with the, to get a boyfriend. That's canon. That's, is it? I don't remember now. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think the boys have just been invented. Interested in boys. That's canon. But not Claudia's wearing a bra now, and she's the, on her second boyfriend. Right. Marianne is the first Babysitter's Club member to have a real boyfriend. But Frankie is a whole summer boyfriend, right? Whole right. summer. That would count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So Anne's going back and just, like, undoing a bunch of shit. And she's like Loki, man. She's just, like, meddling with the fucking... The you want whole... one more? Yeah, you I want break one off more. one more for you? Yeah, break one off it for It was me. a supremely hot day, so hot that the teachers in our un-air-conditioned school had opened every single window and door. And Mr. Redmond had finally, when he noticed that nobody could concentrate on anything but the heat, let us stop working in order to make fans out of construction paper. The fans didn't do much except keep the bees away. Yeah. Classic. And who's the fans? Is it us? We're the fans. And are you saying, Anne, are you saying that we've we've kept the bees away? With our attention? With our love? Yeah. And who do you mean? Do you mean the girls? Do you mean you? Because we talked to the girls. We talked to a version of the girls. I've met the Babysitter's Club. Every single one of them. Yeah. Even Karen Brewer. Yeah, oh, we've Sophia. actually met them. Sophia. Right. Yeah. <sighs> We're the fans. We're the fans and and we didn't do much except keep the bees keep keep the bees away? Maybe we kept them away from something. Oh. Right? We're the fans and our duty has been to keep them away from the fire Slippery or slip. whatever. Marrying dogs. There's a fucking slip of marrying dogs. <laughs> And Louie is back in this one. Louie is and back. It was hard, hard, to, hard to deal with a little bit. Yeah. And Mimi's back. And Mimi is back. It was tough. And wow. I assume Boo Boo and who, who, who else soon. died? Anyone too else? Too soon. There's Fucking no Emily Amelia. Michelle. Oh, uh, how soon have you forgotten Amelia? <laughs> <laughs> how quickly has Amelia just disappeared? I'm, I'm honestly surprised Anne didn't like drop just a be like, And then Amelia trail. walked by. <laughs> The new Fully girl, intact. Amelia, walked by, and she was looking Her so healthy. Her whole body was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. I did do, before we started, I did like a command F in the book. Yeah. And just start, I just started looking for some of the classics. I was like, purple, orb, fire. They, have a, they do it all, man. There's like a moment where like 
Christy's like looking into a crystal ball to try to like to see what the babysitter's club is going to be. Yeah. That's a fucking orb. There's like a, a fucking crazy dream horse moment. Oh, right. Like there's this like like Christy has this memory of like the last t- the last time she and her dad were happy together. And like her it was her like fifth birthday and it went really badly and no one showed up. But like her dad led her to this like on this weird scavenger hunt and they found this pony in a field. Right. And she was like, my dad is magical. And it's yeah. like, yeah, he that's manifested a fucking dream pony. He manifested a fucking pony. Right. All the stuff is there. It's all, all the stuff all is Amber there. All Hammer Theory. Whole book is They Amber have the theory. origin of arm stuff. Frankie glanced toward the hallway, saw that my mother was nowhere in sight, and came to stand close to me, so close that I could feel his arm on my arm. The, the, and an incredible the amount of sensation. heat. Oh, the amount of heat coming <laughs> off his arm. Yeah. You could roast a fucking pig on that thing. But you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You raise roast a vegan pig. <laughs> roast a fucking tofurkey. <sighs> Tanner. Scares the stain all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we talk about our burns. Um, I, there are some good ones in this. I thought there there were a few good ones. There are a few good ones. I mean, that like baller moment with Stacy was pretty good. Yeah, are you afraid of me? <laughs> Such a fucking badass thing. If anyone said that to me, if like fucking Cyril said that to I me, I would now. be like, yes. <laughs> um, I had a couple burns. I had a couple too. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, I I think I probably have the weakest one. It's a good burn, okay, but it's not really a burn, okay. Saul so goes first. Yeah, David Michael is being cared for by Christy, mm-hmm. and they go to the playground to meet up with Marianne and Claudia, who are babysitting Jamie Newton and Jenny Prezioso. Yeah, David Michael stopped in his tracks and looked at me with exasperation. Jenny and Jamie, they're three. He said. And one of them is a girl. You'll manage. Anyway, I'll tell you a secret. I want a chance to talk to Marianne and Claudia. So could you help me? You could be like a junior babysitter, I said, remembering when I had first made Mallory a deputy sitter. Hmm. Hmm. That That is now striking me as another moment of deja vu. That's really weird. Because I'm that, pretty that... sure I remember the book where Mallory was made. Yeah, a deputy sitter. To a sitter. And it was years after this. Yeah. Since you're a first grader now. David Michael brightened. Okay. He ran ahead of me to the climbing bars where Marianne and Jamie were sitting at the bottom rung. Marianne dipping her head to avoid rows of rungs above. Hi, said David Michael. Hey, Jamie, today I'm... Hi, hi, Jamie replied. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hi, hi. Today I'm going to be the... Hi, hi, Christy. (laughs) Hi, Jamie. Jamie, my brother, tried again. Today I'm going to be your junior babysitter, so you'll have to do everything I say. And my burn of the week is on David Michael (laughs) via Jamie Newton, who just, like, (laughs) couldn't be bothered to pay attention to anything David Michael says because he had to deliver his signature line. Yeah, which he stole from us. Which he stole from us, if I remember. Yeah, 
correctly. Beautiful. I got a couple burns. My burns are. Uh, I still say hi hi to people. I still say hi constantly. Hi. That's how I, I it's my hi, opening hi. line on Slack when I need something from someone. Every email is hi hi. Hi hi. Me. Um, I got some burns on Janine. Yes, easy. Can I give you a couple? Easy. I want to give you a couple, and then we'll go. Ready? No, I have more burns. Okay, fine. I'll give you two, then you give me one, and okay. then we'll go. Okay. A pool party? Where? Asked my father. I pointed next door. At the Goldman's. If Pat? They don't mind. Daddy Pat? No, this is Claudia okay, talking. Okay, gosh. Put me in the time and place, Jack. Yeah, sorry. It's Claudia is asking her parents if she can have a boy-girl pool yes. party. You, I mean, a pool I party? Daddy Pat was back. No, he's not in this. You know that. Right, right, right. Because you did also read the book. Well, I'm, I'm all discombobulated. Okay. A pool party? Where? Asked my father. I pointed next door. At the Goldman's, if they don't mind. Well, they have been awfully generous with their pools, said Mom. I think they'd agree to that. I nodded, then swallowed hard. Also, I went on, I thought I'd invite girls and boys. I've already written out the guest list, I added. Oh, Claudia, I don't know, said Mom. But I'm turning 12, and it would be an afternoon party, not a nighttime party, and you and Dad and Mimi could chaperone. Of course you could. And I went on, Janine, you could invite a couple of your friends. That would be really um, fun. <laughs> it wouldn't. Janine's a dork. No, it wouldn't because your first friends suck ass. Yeah, except she he, she does have this. <laughs> They're nerds. And she invites like three friends from her statistics class. Yeah. But one of them is the fucking handsome ass fucking Frankie the vampire. Right. Uh, I've got one more burn on Janine and then you can do a burn and then we must go. Yes. What are you going to wear? I asked Janine, turning away from the mirror. Janine looked at me in surprise. Oh, this. That? What you have on now? My sister was wearing jeans, and I couldn't help noticing that they didn't fit her very well, making her look rather puffy in places where she wasn't puffy at all, and a t-shirt with a picture of Albert Einstein on the front and E equals MC squared on the back. Janine looked down at her outfit and then back at me. Yes. All righty, I said. <laughs> Ace Ventura. Yeah, she did that. Ace Ventura. <laughs> Alrighty then. Alrighty then. Yeah. That's and it's funny to do it now. It's actually funny. And people, That's if anyone is rolling like, their eyes, it's actually impression. funny to do Ace Ventura impressions yeah. now. There's do been enough. Not time. go in there. <laughs> yeah. Pretty tragic. Okay, you can do one film. Uh, <laughs> Great. All my. <laughs> Uh, where do I want to start here? You can have one burn now, and then we must go. Mom turned off the engine. Stacy, I'm not in kindergarten, I interrupted her. I can walk into a new school by myself. We have already been through this, Mom replied patiently. I need to talk to your principal and the nurse about your diabetes. Maybe to your teachers, too. All my teachers, I cried. According to my schedule, I was going to have seven different ones, if you included the art teacher. <laughs> and the burns on the art teacher <laughs> just, just sort of anyone completely taught art unnecessary burn <laughs> if you count teaching art as being a teacher <laughs> i did not notice that and it's so fucked up fuck you stacy fuck you stacy um good we have to go we must leave also, Stacy calls go. herself Stacy McPerky at some point. 
That was funny. That was baller. Stacey rules in this book. She's okay. She does this. So she has this like very funny moment where she's like, she's so happy to be away from Lane and the, the fucking like sh- fucking shithead squad in New York Jack, I'm that she's like really excited feeling to be. That urge. In, you want to marry the to a marry dog. a dog. Okay, well, just like hold it back and let me say this and see see how you feel afterward. But it's like fucking badass. Like she like she wants to get away from them, and then she's like so psyched to be in Stony Brook that she like refers to herself as Stacy McPerky because she's like saying hi to everyone in the class. And then there's this like there's this great moment where the, she sits down at the table with Emily Bernstein, and everyone stops talking at the lunch table and just like stares at her, and it's like this weird awkward moment. And then she goes. Hi, I'm Stacy. I'm from outer space. Yeah, fuck it. Was it's good. funny as hell, yeah, and I want to marry a dog now. Yeah, and Dang, who how do we end up here? And it, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Dogs are so cool. Dogs are fucking awesome. Maybe the world would be a better place. Yeah, married dogs. Something to think about. Something to least. think about. It's something to think about. <laughs> um, I'd love to leave. I'd also love to go. Yes, and I would. Yeah, particularly. It's hard. Like, it's yeah. so hard to Jack, say goodbye to yesterday. To say yeah. goodbye, goodbye to yesterday. To yesterday. To yesterday. Yes. And there and used to be a hard, moment where yeah. we cherish these sort and of things. And we endings, used to, didn't we? Jack. Yeah. When we, where they yeah, had when, meaning. Where yeah, they had and power. We did, didn't we? And yes. And we sang boys to, to be, men. Yeah. And it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. And that's a quicker way of saying it. And in it, front of us is an black abyss yes yes and we will step into it next week and what will happen infinitely long infinitely thin infinitely longer in my case (laughs) yes yes infinitely thin what if you slip into the event horizon sideways you wouldn't be infinitely thin you'd be infinitely wide infinitely broad (laughs) yeah (laughs) but if someone's watching you you go so slow and time passes slower for them than it does for you but then you never actually get into the middle you just like blink it's really weird what for the, the person what, who's what do watching. you mean blink like like a, there's a big flashing light where and time stops in the event horizon don't make me explain black holes to you it's very complicated i've seen event horizon i'm not talking about the where movie. we're going We've we don't go. need eyes okay and what I would like to say is thank you very much for bearing with me. I'd like to thank the Baby Nation so much for bearing with us all these years. We love and kiss you so very much. And and As we, we did read all the Babysitter's the Club books, I think. I think we read them all. Well, not the Super Mysteries, but I swear to God. We're doing them we for live shows, people. doing them for live shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we ever get back to a place where we're doing live shows again? Yeah. Um, and uh, But we will be back next week with something. And Who I knows? don't know what it is. But Tanner and I are having a meeting this Saturday, which is tomorrow, and we're going to talk about what it is. So that's just that, so you just know. Just to what give the, you a, a glimpse into sort of our, inside our, our planning process. <laughs> we will be back with more stuff, and it'll be good and fun, and we hope you stick around with us. And God knows there's more baby. Like, we got a Babysitter's Club board game. So there'll be more Babysitter's Club stuff, just no more books. I do think we've read all the books. Unless, unless... You'd like to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash BSCC podcast, where for only $5 a fucking month or more, you have at least $5 a month. Little Sister books already in a damn tank and another one every week. And we sing the descriptions. Yeah. Guys, please. And tomorrow's (laughs) my book. 
And tomorrow, Tanner's going to sing it. I'm looking forward to it. And it's so fun. Please subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. You won't regret it, and it helps to support our show and keep us doing what we're doing. Please also join our Facebook group. You can find it by going to Facebook and searching for it. It's called Baby Nation. Everyone's nice in there, and everyone's good in there. And get in there and be nice and good with everybody else, for God's sake. Request to Baby Nation, just while we're talking about it, just because we're reaching the end. Can someone do another one of those threads where they're like, Hey, I was just doing another re-listen, and I got to a moment that was my favorite moment. What's your favorite moment in the show? I really like those. That are always really nice that. for me. And it makes me feel so nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really appreciate those. Yeah. Um, please, <laughs> please do write and review our show on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to move through the rankings and buy our merch. Bit.ly/bscc merch it's too late for holiday presents but why not treat yourself it's been a difficult fucking year get a fucking wine crime shirt going to 2020 looking fresh looking fly feeling good yeah. about yourself um and we'll probably put new merch up in the new year as well well um who knows all that remains is for me to say that this week we read a novel it was called the summer before it's the last babysitter's club book i can think of and the first one <laughs> Also, yeah, and it's also the first, and we all infinitely are in time together. And let's try to remember to fucking be both further than stars and nearer than the eye all at once, and everything happens all at once. And next week, I don't know. I am Jack Shepard, is my name. My name is Tanner Greenring. Please do remember. To round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's. Remember the trip man. We know what happened to Boo Boo. We know where Ann put him. Six feet underground. Take your dream horse through that maze. That's, sorry, that's probably not accurate. They probably didn't bury him six feet. They made a, One Seth made like a fucking pine box for him. Right. Not Claudia. Feet, is wearing a bra now and the way she talks you would think that boys had just been invented And and so they bring them over, and and Marianne is like, "Fuck you." I mean, and Claudia is like, Claudia. "Fuck." You're really you. struggling with the difference between Marianne no, and Claudia. No, I'm not because I cut all of that out. Every time that <laughs> that has happened so far, I've cut it out. So I'm, I'm just ke- I'm wondering what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why all of a sudden after five years of the very last yeah. book? Yeah. You're somehow confusing Marianne and Claudia in such it's, a confusing way. I don't, and I don't know, and maybe this didn't happen, and I changed the matrix yeah. by cutting all, every part of every time and that happened sh- out. And star. maybe it's in the outro if you're fucking lucky, head. right? Yeah. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>